You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. So earlier this week, uh, we got a very interesting uh, email that came across our uh, inbox from Artera. And uh, I know over the past couple of months, Michael, you and I, we've both received some packages from Artera with the expanded uh, portfolio being made by Marco. But it seems that they've had some, um, some business going on behind closed doors at Artera. They, they have, and uh, we are lucky enough to be joined by our good friend and friend of the podcast, Thomas Batchelder, uh, not for his usual interview. No, which... no, we're still going to be doing that later on in the in the summer, but this is for a hot this, off the press. An unusual yep. interview. Yes. Yeah, this is a hot off the press talk about what they announced and i guess we should leave that to thomas thomas i think it's it's your announcement why don't you tell us what is going on well what happened is uh i was in um actually jay wright said to me one day back in 17 let's make magic together jay nobody Wright's, uh, jay wright's the had... president of artera yeah he said let's make some magic together where were Sounds we, like he wants we to were date at a... you no we were out at the uh, Vancouver uh, Wine Festival. I was out there for Dominicus, and uh, it was the most amazing time. There were 100, and uh, it was Canada 150, and from Nova Scotia, which had huge representation, uh, right over to Vancouver Island, there were so many Canadian wineries there, and I fell in love with uh, BC Pinot. There were so many things there. I just checked out the BC Pinots, but what was really amazing, have you ever been to a wine fair where Chianti, Burgundy, and Bordeaux get the back, you know, the exit rows near the exit. Yeah. Uh, Canada had pride of place, and it was really amazing. It was a magic moment, and as you will do, and as we've done at those kind of a thing, you meet over a beer. And so Jay said, uh, let's make some magic. So we got back together, and I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And they said, well, we want to use some of these vineyards uh, again. And I said, well, I'm a consultant. I can do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, I, I got to keep Batchelder and Kalos and, and other things going. And they said, no problem. Let's do some, let's have some fun. So they stood on their head. It was now the month of June. And they got the exact barrels I wanted in. And I said, uh, maybe let's do this in a skillin. And they said, uh, I, think, I think we just have more capacity and more ability to have high-tech uh, tanks, like with cooling and heating, at uh, JT. And, you know, if you want to do low-tech, it's nice to have high-tech. If you want to do wild ferments, it's like to be able to cool or heat your vat, just for one example. They have a sorting table, for another example. So I'm like, let's okay, JT, let's do it. And um, so we all signed an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement. I wanted that as much as our Terra, because I really didn't know what Cadus and my other clients would feel about it. I didn't know what Batchelder's uh, investors, uh, you know, uh, would feel about that. And all I could do was uh, sign it, make the wine, and, uh, you know, like visiting these old vineyards is like getting a second crack at an old girlfriend. So, <laughs> so this, uh, is the, this is a long way of, of you saying La Clos Jordan is coming back. 
The Grand Clos is coming back. That's all I know right now. We have the Grand Clos White and the Grand Clos Rouge, and it's those parcels only. They'll never be expanded. Those parcels are capable each of 1,200 to 1,500 cases. We're starting out with 1,000 cases of each. Uh, the red was bottled last Monday, and hence the, the fall release date. The, the Chardonnay we grabbed on April 22nd, hence we're going to be able to pour it at I4C. And that's like, I, you know, one of the wonderful things about being a consultant, if you do it with heart and soul and passion, is crazy things happen to you. When I think of Roberto Echeverria at, um, at uh, I4C pouring RST that I had a hand in, and Mary pouring Batchelder, and um, Kelly pouring Kilus, and I'm going to be pouring the closure then. I'm like, this is a very interesting ride through life, and it's going to be fun. So, uh, yeah, the wines, it's, it's, the, the big thing here is it's a terroir project. It's not a brand. It's a terroir project, and I get to do in as transparent a way as I always did, but with older vines and maybe with a little more, not just more gray hair, but a little more knowledge of those vineyards, I get to do it. And uh, right, we're about to make 19, and this was 17. So it's hugely exciting for me to, be able to talk to you two because I've had to zip it for so long, which, I, as you know, I'm incapable of, but I was capable of. Well, Thomas, I've, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I've do talked it. to, do I've it. Talked, I've talked to uh, Andre about this briefly. And yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I'd like your take on it. So when you started LeClo, was what year again? I arrived, Mary and I arrived, the kids were super young, they were three and six, we arrived in 2003, the vines were four years old, but kind of bonsai and so by 2004 was the first real vintage, where we did single vineyards, uh, 2003, as you remember, was called Premier Cuvée, we released them at the same time as 04, both released in 06, right? So so we're looking at 15 years ago, that we start Le, Le Clos Jardin as a as a as yeah. a project let's say mm-hmm. so so 15 years ago l- let's be honest ontario is mired in riesling world we're all about riesling and you come along yeah. and you say you know what there's more than just riesling in ontario there's chardonnay and pinot noir and since you've done that i would say any winery that has opened up since you came in and started preaching the gospel of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir has pretty much opened as a either Chardonnay or Pinot Noir or both winery. So at the moment, we have an overabundance of Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that are single vineyard, single plot, single winery, you know, totally focused. The county is totally focused on Pinot and Chardonnay. Niagara is a lot. A lot of, uh, of, of that is focused on Pinot and Chardonnay. Does Niagara need another Pinot and Chardonnay? And to to bring back a brand that has has theoretically run its course. Right, right. That's a great question. And I'm sitting here with a smile on my face because, uh, like, uh, if I may give four answers to that question, and the fifth or sixth we'll have to talk again later because I won't remember them all. But for right now, for instance, Boisset used to be involved in the club. If Boisset said to me, I've never made wine in Chambon Musigny, just for the people I've worked for, I've made wine in a lot of places in Burgundy, and for Batchelder, but if somebody said, would you like to work with some Chambon Musigny, a little plot that Boisset has that uh, the Mille La Bougerie used to use, I'd be, yes, yes, of course I do. And so for this, that's where I came from as a terroiriste, 
And so you, if you look at the map in your head, right, you've got the St. David's bench, and then that's not allowed to be called escarpment because it's blocked by St. Catherine's. So when you get through St. Catherine's, you've got short hill bench, and of course what I call Jordan bench, and then Vineland bench, which we must call 20 mile bench, Beamsville bench, and then Grimsby, which you also call Beamsville bench. There was a huge hole. I think of things like a Grand Cru strip, even if we don't have those appellations. So I look in Burgundy, and in Burgundy, the, enamel, the anomaly is in Cogolouin and Comblanchin, where you're not allowed to even have a village wine, but the greatest wines like La Montagne uh, are right in the Grand Cru strip that comes down from Premo and Nuisageurs and ends up in La Doie. What's the analogy? The analogy is if you start with um, the old Lacroix vineyard that's uh, an Orgari Maze vineyard in East Jordan, uh, which used to be called La Petite Colline, which is now Newdorf with Kalis, right? And you move on over. When you get to Jordan proper, there's great vineyards there. Westcott's amazing. Uh, Flat Rock's amazing. But on the lower bench, there's nothing because it's, it's, it's disappearing into different parts of Artera, like, uh, well, like Artera and or Entourage or wherever it goes. I'm not party to that, right? But, and then so you have to take a break there in Jordan for a bit. And all of a sudden, you know, I realized when I started doing this project, when I left the closure at the end, all I did was move half a commune over across 20 Mile Creek, and I started trying anything that the Wismers, uh, who dominate, obviously, um, Vineland with Wismer Park, Wismer Winfield, Wismer Foxcroft, I could go on, right? Wismer Homestead, Wismer Glen Elgin, Wismer Armbrust, and uh, all these suffixes are the names of the people whose farms they bought and, and put the prefix of Wismer on. So I went just across the creek and started doing stuff. Of course, I'm in Beamsville and in some select uh, places in Magdalene Lake that are not out yet, like the Wilms Vineyard, which is the old sandstone. But but I digress. So when when um, like he's even lost himself, Andre. Yep. No, no, I haven't. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, Listen, okay. when you look even a little further west, you have. Giraz and, and the gang, right? You have Moray already doing, and Paul and Rene doing uh, Robin's Block, and up on Quarry, and then you have Shiraz doing uh, Moira, and then up Motiar. You have Harold doing all those things over there. But on the lower bench, which is Robin's, and which is Moira, and which is uh, Wismer Foxcroft, and Wismer Wingfield, and Wismer Park, you get over to Jordan, whoops, nothing. So we, Canada, gets to put that back in as a piece of the missing bench. So that's one thing I'm excited about. The second thing I'm excited about is uh, when we started the I4C, and this is not about the closure of Dan Chardonnay per se, but when we started the I4C, this is about all of our Chardonnays that we love or, or, or not love, um, we thought, you know, the original um, International Pinot Noir celebration in Oregon was started because it was a Cabernet time with a Merlot time in California and Oregon wanted to say Chardonnay exists. So when Mary and I came up with the idea for the I4C and we were pitching it to 30 vineyards here, we were saying, we were saying, look, we've got to do Chardonnay. And I remember various wineries, which shall not be named, which are part of the I4C now pushing back and saying, you know, really Chardonnay is so ubiquitous. Maybe we should do a Riesling. And I'm like, yeah, do your Riesling festival. I'll come to it. I don't make Riesling. But I'll say, the Chardonnay is a different thing. 
The Pinot Noir celebration in Oregon was about getting Pinot on the map. Chardonnay is about I4C, cool climate Chardonnay celebration. No, I4C, the return of Chardonnay. We had to pull cool climate Chardonnay from anywhere back from the goopy Chardonnays that people were going, oh, anything but Chardonnay. And where that came from was the Closure Den, I, where we had 75% planted to Pinot, which was tough to do, but with great rewards, it was great, and 25% Chardonnay. So I said to myself, but that's not, that's not the plantation ratio in Niagara. It's more like 75% Chardonnay and 25% Pinot. Why did they plant it that way? Well, because everybody wants Pinot, and too many people think there's too much Chardonnay. So how do we reverse that? Well, we start the I4C and we create a market for Chardonnay. So that's the second answer, which is, I think that we are creating a market and a destination for uh, high-end Pinot and Chardonnay from the bench. So I, 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 I can't tell people I work with at our chair what to do, but I said this, listen, I don't know your margins and everything, but if you care to export this would be a hot export thing. But in, in the absence of that, Canada as a whole, drilling down to Ontario, drilling down to the Niagara, drilling down to the bench, will be stronger with Jordan represented. We go forward, you know, if it gets review internationally, even if it's not exported internationally, we're stronger as a team from Grimsby to Short Hills and then the add-on of St. David's if all the territories. Burgundy can't to the world, like realistically, without Shambo in there. So that was the first thing as a terroirist that really made me happy. But I, I think I, I have forgotten the other four answers, guys. But those are two. So that's a, 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 the, the, <laughs> a long way. Of, hey, Michael, Michael, that's a long way of him saying yes. That's a long way of him saying yes. Don't fight. That's a long way of him saying yes. We need more. We need more Chardonnay. I think we need more Chardonnay. I don't know if you've answered my question. No, not really. Okay. I like what so he said, say though. Say it again a different way, and I'll give a different answer. Give me a short one. Okay, here's the short one. I think that the I4C has proven that if you are worried about selling a certain thing, what you need to do is not divide the market, which is a pie, into smaller pieces of pie, and you have less of a share of the market. What you have to do is increase the size of the pie. And I think we can all agree that the I4C has increased the size of the Chardonnay pie. We're all thirstier for Chardonnay. Export is thirstier for our Chardonnay. And the winemakers here who, unfortunately, you know, maybe don't get enough access to outside Chardonnay now do. And they've sharpened up. So many domains have sharpened up their Chardonnay. So I think that the Clo coming back also doesn't, doesn't cannibalize Batchelder or Kalis or Bosley or Hidden Bench or Taws or Creekside or anybody else. I think what happens is we're increasing the size of the Canadian good Chardonnay and Pinot market. I have to believe that, you know, because, because that's what I think Canada needs to get more recognition internationally, if just to sell it all here, maybe, or maybe exporting, you know, like Batchelder is something more and more to England. Like, uh, you know, all I need to do is win the lotto to be able to su supply that market. So that's the answer. Increase the size of the pie. Don't say, how are we all going to split the same pie? Let the pie grow. That would be the shortest answer for now. I like that answer. 
I'll, I'll let him get away with it. I'll get him more. Oh, thank you. Well, will you invite me back, Michael? I, I'm inviting you back because I'm going to get you in that chair and I'm going to I'm going to hammer it home. So, but, so that's so, good. But then I'll have more. I'll have had more time to think about, uh, you know, what actually is going on. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've said to you guys for years. I put this another way: Could we stop building houses on the freaking bench and get as many vineyards in there, not wineries, get as many vineyards on the bench as possible? Now, I love my Lincoln Lakeshore. I love my Cree Shores. I love my Niagara Lake. I'm getting. You know, since I left the club, I expanded my vision. I understand more about Niagara. I've, there's lots everywhere that's great. However, let's plant out the friggin' bench because that is what's going to make us known internationally in the sense of we need more vines, you know, bums and seats. We need more vines and dirt so that we have a, a critical mass to get out to the world with. Even if we don't export that much, we want them to go, wow. You know, so so that's where I'm at with that. Okay, so we have the two wines that will be coming out later on this year. We'll get a chance to taste the Chardonnay at I4C. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm sure there's probably more NDAs involved and, and all that, but um, are there already any thoughts at growing the brand and, and Resurrect, or is it just going to be these two wines that you're working on? I can't tell you how relieved I am to be able to talk about this stuff because <laughs> I've, I've, I've never, no, but I've never been a person. First of all, sure. I'd like to talk a lot. I'd like to listen a lot. I, I, I love good questions. I'd love to hear what other people's things are. Well, I've never been in front of a barrel when I've said what I thought without saying, well, what do you think? You know? So I am, of course, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm going to try to claw back as much of that stuff as possible and do more i'd like to see uh, a jordan reserve come out not a village reserve but a jordan reserve and um i'd, I'd love to see i'd love to see it's, it's just me i'm a little guy well, i'm a big guy but i'm a little person i'd love to see 20 mile bench split up into a jordan bench and vineland bench that's a big big dream of mine and uh i'd love to because now that i'm working so much with with vineland i see the differences right i think Jordan is finer and 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 more high toned and and Vineland is slightly richer, not as rich as Beamsville, and it's hugely exciting about where that stuff. We didn't understand the Southabs when they first came out. Where does Vineland turn into Beamsville? To use another example, I think at Taj you're still solidly in Vineland, and then as you get to Malavar, it's iffy, and then Len Penichetti over at, at Case Springs will tell you now you're in Beamsville, but. Really, I really feel Beamsville when I'm at Harold Teal's place, right? Wow, at uh, Hidden Edge. So um, I think I'm going to advocate for more of the Closure Dan to come back to the Closure Dan, but it'll never be as it was. There's no dream there of doing uh, everything the way it was. The, 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 the dream now is to step by step, we make this. Oh, did it sell? Yes. Let's, let's do a little more. And What's different for me as a consultant, and I think you guys should know this, is I think uh, when we started Keyless, I had to do every everything, including sending the bills in and then getting the bills paid and inspecting a winery and this and that. And then Kelly came on. Oh, my God, Kelly's here. And Kelly has done so, so much. I don't have to go over that. But I, as I take on projects now, not just because I'm older, because I'm not ancient, but I'm wiser in the sense that I say, why don't I restrict Thomas to sussing out terroir, sussing out viticulture, following viticulture, not being responsible for the team, 
which I'm not in Batchelder either, right? That Batchelder is the is the uh, genesis of this, and making good making sure good viticulture is done, making sure good winemaking is done, doing it myself, but having maybe somebody else holding the hose. Except at Batchelder, where I spent the whole freaking day in the cellar on Father's Day, but I digress. And then a little bit of time for marketing too. So I'm going to try. I may fail. You may laugh at me in two years. But I'm going to try with clients not to get dragged into too much administration, hiring, firing, all that stuff. Oh, my God. If I can just help in my short span here, define terroir, that's, that's what I learned in Burgundy. And that's what I think is so much more exciting in the new world because there's still stuff to discover. And after discovering the Grand Clos block, after the Grand Clos blocks of White Med, after an eight-year absence, is, of course, hugely exciting exciting to be it's finer than before i hope that answers some sort of thing so so you may have answered my question there but uh see when i when i got that email and i saw that you know the is coming back my thought was wow this is going to cannibalize a lot of what thomas is already doing and all the brands that he's with um what i got from that answer was that you're now just going to source vineyards for people is that Kind of what you're no, what at. I'm gonna, what you got from that answer is I'm, I'm not gonna be what the French call the regisseur, and English call the uh, English call what do we call it in English, uh, the cannibalizer manager, the man, the manager. Like I was the manager for Cadiz for so long. I was the manager of La Clos. Uh In Batchelder, Mary manages much of that stuff, stuff, stuff where you have to do all the stuff. Like I'm going to keep it purely to terroir definition as much as I can. You get dragged into stuff for sure, but you can do more when you focus on what you're doing. And I think our terror came to me and said, will you do exactly that? And I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll help you figure out the blocks we need to use. Cause I know them. We'll, we'll make sure they're still as good as they were. And, uh, we'll go on and we'll, uh, we'll make fine wines and where it goes beyond the ground flow. Nobody knows yet because we do have, of course, 18 in the can as well. And in the back, not in the can, it's not a pet mat, uh, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's in the barrel and it's lovely. Of course, 18 is a bigger year than 17, 17 is a cooler year. And we're about to make 19 and I'm going to advocate to make some stuff beyond uh, just the Grand Clos blocks. Will I win? Uh, will I get to do that or not? I don't know. It's like Batchelder too. Uh, when I ask uh, Craig Wismer for a little more fruit, uh, I know when it's in barrel if I got that fruit, right? You never know how much harvest there's going to be out there and you never know how much you're actually going to get and you never know how much competition there is. With Artera, there's competition within the company for the great vineyards there. There are great vineyards uh, in, the, in Jordan, right? And so... I don't know where it all goes. I know what I do with it. I'm going to try to claw some back for this project, and I'm going to be humble if I don't get it and very happy if I do get it. With Batchelder, I'll give you an example. If I can get uh, two more rows of Wismer Wingfield Chardonnay or four more rows of Wismer Park, I'm a very happy boy, and I shut up and I go home, and I'm happy with my extra barrel or two. So you just have to push that way. Uh, for your listeners, though, I, I want to say something about Burgundy so they understand what I'm talking about because it sounds so, you know, it sounds so airy-fairy. Um, in Burgundy, if you ever go there and you go to a village that you know of and love in the bottle, and you go to the first time 
to Burgundy. So let's say that village is Rue Saint-Georges um, or Bone. In Rue Saint-Georges, you look along this premier cruise strip and the actually only way you can tell where the ownership changes is when the end posts change. They're a different color. They're made of a different material. Like they may be slanted forwards, all the wood posts. They may be slanted backwards slightly. They may be made of cement even. They may be made of metal. Uh, but it's all the same single vineyard that would, would, you know, would be called Les Saint-Georges or Le Crudier. And then when you, when you go in, there's no, there's no wineries in between these vineyards in Burgundy. They're all contiguous. And so you get to understand in Burgundy that the land is contiguous and the, and the winers are put in places where the land is less precious. And you can go out and buy the vines, excuse me, you can go out and buy the wines from both the north and south of your particular plot of that same vineyard. You can ask them, did they macerate longer? Did they use any whole cluster? And it, you drill down to terroir super fast. In the new world, that's why I'm talking about uh, a contiguous from Grimsby down to Short Hill Bench and beyond along to uh, St. David's Bench and eventually would love all of us to taste what it would be made like across across the river, which is still the escarpment uh, in, in Lockport. So this is a terroir. Terroir doesn't recognize companies and, and, uh, and political boundaries like the Niagara River. But the humans have to be sufficiently uh, open-minded to, to make sure that terroir is delivered in the glass. Now, everybody has to make money, so we get to make 13 buck wines in Niagara and we get to make 50 buck wines in Niagara. But the best vineyards, more and more, because of the I4C, because of the Clos Jardin, because of Carl Kaiser, because of Chateau de Charme, because of all the greats, uh, Case Springs and Vineland, because of all the greats who've worked on the bench, and I'm only using the bench as an example because I do like Four Mile Creek and other things, all the greats who've worked there and tried to define the terroir, and now as we get more sophisticated with better winemakers and better viticulture, we're actually starting to see that, oh my God, these sub-apps do taste different. We thought they might, but when I made first made 20 mile bench, I had no idea how it might be different from Beamsville. You know, I just did it because that's what I had. So I, it's an exciting time for me to see this part of the bench return to Niagara, the Niagara uh, conscience, the Niagara in the uh, l'air du temps. Uh, maybe Artera wants this piece in their portfolio, which is good, and I'm happy for them. But it's also I'm happy to see at least part of La Clos-Jardin returned to that contiguous strip of vineyards. Long answer. Well, once again, once again Thomas, was. you've given us more than we've ever asked for. Yes. And it's, uh... <laughs> well, I've been thinking about this for two years. Why didn't you ask me and, sooner? And you name <laughs> drop like nobody else. <laughs> okay, well. Is that, there, thank you very much for giving us the time. Thank you very much for giving us the time, and we look forward to catching up and talking a little bit more about this uh, later on in the in the summer is the is the pinot going to be um out sneaking into uh, i4c for people to taste or just the chardonnay just a chardonnay because we tasted at the launch the other day in the rain we tasted the chardonnay and you can see it's out of bottle shock yep. you can see that it'll, it, it's it's sinewy and tight and mineral and very exciting and you can see that it'll just by the i4c probably by september just re-put on you know a little more 
roundness that was in that that we lost with bottle shock. But the Pinot, I haven't even tasted it since we bottled, but it was, it, they're both maybe uh, with, the, with, the, with the older vines, a little more linear, a little more serious, uh, very exciting. I mean, uh, it's, um, it's kind of hair-raising for me to say, okay, uh, oh, let's come out with the Grand Cru and no village. It's like there's nothing to compare it to, so it just better be good. And I think that's part of the reason they're coming out with it at a more humble price. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be an easier wine to make when there's something underneath it at maybe 30 bucks. But it'll come out at 45 So, uh, And I've, I've thought for a long time that Batchelder by now should, uh, you know, a single barrel lot or something like that should have something at 60 But although BC dares that way, Ontario is lagging behind that way. We just, I think there's too much competition here in the sense of not the other wineries, but the LCBO has a huge and varied offering that it's, it's traditionally a non-wine making place here, you know, go back a hundred years. So the LCBO got really strong as in as the SAQ did with a huge offering. We all know the whole world. We taste everything. And so it's hard to have your local thing uh, become very rich and expensive. I think the opposite was true with San Francisco. San Francisco is not that big a city compared to Toronto when, when, when the whole Jugement de Paris started back in 76, and they have quickly came up with the $200 bottles. BC's doing that. So I, I appreciate from Arteras that they're coming out with the Clo at 45. It's, a, it's line price with all the great single vineyards, and I think a kid who comes out of school is going to be able to pick all those wines right now. So that's kind of fun. Okay, thank you very much, Thomas. Thomas, always a thrill. We'll talk to you later in the summer. We'll talk to you. And you guys, let's get together and taste a bottle of this before the I4C. I4C is going to be crazy this year, so we'll do it again even if it's offline. You know, Michael, I think uh, you did raise an interesting question with bringing this brand back, especially with the focus of Arterra creating the Arterra brand and a lot of people focusing on doing small um, single vineyard projects in Niagara. I, I do think that, that Thomas did answer the question uh, well, but I can, I can tell you... Um, did he? Well I, well, I mean, we got a lot of information to it, but I know just from my, my own experience, like Chardonnay tastes great coming from Niagara, and I think it's something that really should be a focus of what's going on here. But the it, it is a very competitive market for Chardonnay um, in, in Toronto, especially if you're looking to get into restaurants. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not uh, arguing that. And these. And, and they've added yet another brand. That's. That's. That's all I'm getting at. Is there's another, you know, Leclo uh, ran its course, and it it died its natural death as far as everybody was concerned. But now it's it's back, baby, and uh, I guess we see is there room for another Chardonnay, fr- uh, from Ontario, uh, and a resurrected brand. I guess that's what we're looking at. I can't wait to taste it. I mean, I'm. I'm looking forward to tasting it and. Um... I guess we'll I will be honest. I'm looking forward to tasting it too. I, I don't usually look forward to tasting uh, Chardonnay, but this one I'm I'm actually looking forward to see if he's brought it back to to such a degree that it it warrants coming back. That that was great use of the English language, Michael. Thank you very much. I uh, I pride myself on that English degree I have. <laughs> All right, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, I'm Andre Wine Review from AndreWineReview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. And as always, 
good night and happy Father's Day. I know we're late on that. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.